0: Everybody, welcome to the Pick Six podcast. It is Thursday, August eighth, week one of the preseason officially kicking off tonight. Very excited for that. You're probably in the throws, the middle, if you prefer, of your fantasy football draft. So make sure. By the way, I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily NFL podcast uh, you should also be checking out our daily fantasy football podcast fantasy football today one of the uh, top ranked uh, shows on iTunes or Apple podcast excuse me right now featuring Jamie Eisenberg uh, Heath Cummings Dave Richard Chris Towers pops on there i can't remember if anybody else is involved um, now, nah, can't think of anybody that might be involved in that podcast, unfortunately. So it's just those guys, nobody else is hosting it and helping them out. But it is a great show, you should listen to it. Uh it will get you prepped and ready to roll for your uh for your fantasy football season, sleepers, busts, breakouts, everything you could possibly need to know. It's like top 10 on I on uh, Apple Podcasts in uh in sports right now. We're actually like um Creeping up a little bit too. So keep uh, subscribing, unsubscribing. I didn't tell you to do that, but you can do it anyway. Uh, keep telling your friends and keep listening. We appreciate it. We got some great stuff coming up in the next few weeks. A lot of preview stuff to get you ready for fantasy football, gambling, um, you know, just, just general football watching. It's going to be exciting stuff. Thanks to everybody who listens. We're having a fantastic month so far. Huge month, tremendous month. And we have another fantastic Super friend show today. We're gonna to do top uh, five teams who will make the playoffs. Five teams who missed the playoffs who will make the playoffs this coming season. Uh, it'll be my list, and then it will be critiqued by John Breach, Ryan Wilson, and Sean Wagner McGuff. What's up, fellas? I
1: have a uh, I have a bone to pick. Uh, this has been brought to my attention. I think actually Sean had a similar issue. I uh posted a hilarious picture on Instagram of uh, a store called the Casual Mail, and it reminded me of Fashionable Mail. Yeah. So I made a Mallrats joke and uh, someone sent me a message on on the gram that says, I think there is a pick six podcast conspiracy against you. Brinson refuses to read on air several notable iTunes reviews which sing your praises. <laughs> sounds, sounds similar to the brand new uh reviews you refused to read to Sean until you were pressed. So you need to get on those.
2: And for the record, I don't know when we're doing our next mailbag, but there were a couple Sean music questions, not brand new related, but, you know, emo music related and. I've got those written down because I'm fully prepared for Brenton to try to gloss wow, over them.
0: Wow. Why would I do that? I always read stuff that's nice about Ryan. Also, I'm surprised that that person who sent you the message on the gram didn't point out that in a recent show, I explained to uh, – who was it? Um, oh, goodness gracious. Somebody was saying that they didn't – oh, Jason LaConfora because he was like, I don't think clerks holds up. And I was like, I do kind of think Mallrats holds up. And he's like, eh, I never really got into Mallrats. And I said, you know who does more Mallrats references on a day to day basis than any other, like more than Kevin Smith does, uh, is Ryan Wilson. That kid is back on the escalator. Get that kid up the damn escalator. Um, that Mallrats might have actually come out before Sean was born and I'm not uh, Sean, even Sean, have joking. you ever
2: seen Mallrats? Definitely not. We definitely have had this conversation on this podcast before.
1: Malrats was ninety seven, I believe. Sean's been
3: think to Mall was and he has a pet rat, but he's never seen Malrats. <laughs>
0: uh, here's, here's 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 an i uh, an Apple podcast review that is that praises um uh, I think definitely uh, praises Ryan. I haven't read the whole thing, but uh, Pete Prisker probably chases kids off his lawn like Albert Bell. Brady Quinn is a not so subtle Trump fan. Ryan Wilson's a freaking god and genius, okay. Yes. Wilberforce. <laughs> Wilberforce. Uh that's a pretty good nickname. I like that. Wilberforce drives around the triangle like a boss in his giant Tahoe, and his talent is only outmatched by his love of Philip Rivers and AM drinking. Find the li- find the lie. It's a Yukon, but find the lie. Uh question for SWM, Sean Wagner mcgough Would you rather attend a brand new show but have to listen to Nickelback Open? Or spend an hour in a hot tub in a Jacksonville Ramada Inn with Pete Prisco wearing only a speedo.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I read this and I don't understand. I mean, I understand the question, but one of them is clearly has some elements of good. I don't. What is the? Why would anyone be tempted into picking the the Prisco one?
1: You could learn um, from a guy who's
0: been in the business for thirty years. You wouldn't have to listen to Nickelback. I mean, that's pretty. And, good. Yeah, but <laughs> pretty but, cut but, and uh, but dry. I would
2: see. <laughs> I would go through a lot of a lot of crap in order to see brand new play live and like having to just watch Nickelback for an hour. Like that's not the end of the world. I would listen to brand new cover Nickelback songs at the concert. and I would willingly pay for that.
0: Would you, okay, let me ask you this. If you got to watch a brand new show in a 500 person auditorium with just you and 10 of your closest friends that you get to handpick and you're the only ones in the crowd. If you get to do that, but you have to spend two and a half hours in a hot tub In Jacksonville, Florida, on like, no, 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 not a hot tub, on that the Jaguars pool that they have, right? You have to spend two and a half hours, but you and Pete Pris, it's just you and Pete Prisco, and you're both skinny dipping, but you get to go to that brand new show, yes or no?
1: Easy, yes. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I know he was gonna say. I think it would have to be pretty extreme for him. Yeah, there's
0: a lot of things that I would do to to see brand new. Kill somebody? Would you also? Would you? uh, I'm definitely
2: like dragging you and Ryan and Breach along
0: and. Oh list. no. Oh no. we make <laughs> the list. Turn. <laughs> but we're not going to we're not skinny dipping with all that little shriveled tan uh thing that is Pete Briscoe. Hey John Breach, you haven't said anything.
3: Yeah, it said that Sean has a pet <laughs> rat. <laughs> I, right. was, I was I was just sitting on that. That's all that's all I need to say. um uh, didn't, didn't need to throw anything else in. All
0: right, let's get into the news, lest I be accused of um of not talking about football for two and a half minutes on a 45 minute day podcast.
3: I will say real quick that my favorite review was when someone compared us all to beers. It was pretty much the most accurate review. I don't have that guy's name, but great review, man. Five star review.
0: Uh, Cowboys watch. Not Zeke Elliott. Not Dak Prescott. Not Amari Cooper related. Thank you, God. Uh, we will get Zeke Zeke watch back at some point in time. Can't do it because we're recording this at noon on uh on Wednesday. But uh, and Zeke, although we could try and call Zeke if we wanted, he's probably out uh eating some cafeteria food. But Robert Quinn. The uh, defensive end that the Cowboys traded for from uh, the Dolphins this offseason fractured his hand in in training camp practice, according to Jane Slater of NFL Media. Jane Slater having a great preseason, offseason, getting some serious heat with this uh, Cowboys stuff, um, but is expected to be ready for the regular season. As Patrick Walker wrote for our site, it's not the worst news. But it's also not the best news, John Breach. What, uh, how, how concerning is this for you that, uh, a guy like Quinn, who's expected to be, if not a starter, at least a regular rotation guy on the front end of that defensive line might miss, uh, might miss the rest of training camp.
3: First, let me just say that the Cowboys are the gift that keeps on giving, uh, to the media, to writers, to everyone who is trying to drive traffic, to podcasts that have topics to talk about. I mean, they are just, like, every week it's Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. Uh, you know, I think this, this obviously hurts. You don't want a guy to miss probably the rest of training camp. Even if he plays in week one, he's probably not going to practice until uh, maybe a few days before that game. And so, you know, it hurts your depth. But, again, like you just said, Brinson, I don't I don't think this is going to hurt too much. Quinn's kind of trying to get a feel for himself there. And, uh, you know, I don't think the Cowboys are going to go 0 and 16 even if Robert Quinn were to uh,
2: miss the season. So, no, this is not
3: any – Ezekiel Elliott missing two games would be a lot bigger than Robert Quinn missing two games.
2: I do think what's concerning, though, is that now this is their top two defensive ends who are pushing to get ready by week one, even though – so DeMarcus Lawrence had, I think, four months ago he had shoulder surgery. That
0: DeMarcus Lawrence story sort of flying under the radar, like Right. I and mean, so they said four to six
2: months, I th- I think. So they were like, oh, he's gonna be ready right around week one. But suddenly if you go into this like you said on was it two days ago on the podcast, whenever they say, like, oh, they're gonna be ready for week one, you know, they're not always ready come week one. That's the hope. And so if you're without DeMarcus Lawrence or if you're without Robert Quinn at the beginning of the season, who's gonna be generating pressure? And obviously you have Randy Gregory trying to apply for reinstatement, but nah. I doubt he's gonna be ready um for week one. Um Taco so Taco Taco Charlton, former
0: first round pick. Who's taco Taco. Taco Tuesday as LeBron James likes to say. Um no, don't like that. All right.
2: I was just gonna say the the good news for them is they open the season against the Giants and Redskins. So you could probably survive. Even then, just
0: but just on that really quickly, and I I I I get it. You can beat the Giants and you can beat the Redskins at seventy five percent if you're the Cowboys. I mean, conversely, like those aren't easy free games. I mean, they're they're not just going to waltz in and beat them. If you're missing Demarcus Lawrence and you're missing Robert Quinn and you're missing Zeke Elliott, you can lose those games.
1: how? how? Who do the Giants have? They
0: have one wide receiver. The Trent Williams isn't if the, playing. If the, Cow, if the if the Cowboys don't have a defensive line, it's gonna be difficult for Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith to stop Saquon Barkley. They can at least keep it close. It's a divisional game. I think it's a prime time. No, it's, uh, it's the, it'll be the the afternoon Fox game, the uh, America's game of the week of the
1: year. What's the spread if D Law is seventy five percent and Robert Quinn doesn't play
0: and Zeke Kelly? It's out. I don't, um yeah, little sub Zeke be out. Uh, I would say Cowboys minus. Three, four and a half.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds about right.
0: And it's currently, I think, like Cowboys minus nine. Um,
1: that's the other point. I mean, those teams are do do.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Cal- It's Cowboys minus seven and a half, but it's creeping back towards the Giants with the juice. I mean, look. The, the giants are going to be at full i mean they're going to be at full strength minus 17% or 70% of their wide receivers uh, the redskins the redskins the redskins are terrible i agree but their defense is better than people are giving it credit for and they can at least
1: score a bunch of touchdowns that defense
0: and if their offensive line is healthy but i mean both the giants and redskins have deep
1: offensive line
0: the redskins trent williams ain't playing? They have, yeah, sorry, have an I, offensive lineman I, who's refusing to play I mean,
3: Flowers
1: is going to start on that offensive
0: line. I've already not having an offensive lineman. In, I've already look, I've already ruled Trent Williams off of the Redskins for 2019. Like, I'm not even counting him as part of the offensive line. But they have Brandon Scherf, Morgan Moses. I mean, they got they got enough where they two can two guys. Yep, you're right. They have two guys. They have enough there where they can run the ball. If the both those teams can run the ball effectively, if the Cowboys are at 40 percent of their potential on the defensive lord, line, good lord. Okay, yeah, they could beat a team with five players out there. But I mean, <laughs> I just feel like. Lawrence, DeMarcus
1: Lawrence could be 75%. Robert Quinn could be whatever, 60%. They don't have to have Zeke LA play in those first two games, and I think they will win both those games by an
0: average of five points or whatever. I
2: mean, Brinson did take the Giants. He did put a bet on the Giants to win the NFC. <laughs> so remember that. We're talking to a crazy person.
0: Again, I would like to stress that I was a uh, – what did I say yesterday or two days ago? You're before? not – Three. It's like a three, a, and three and a three and a half for on me, a yeah. scale, but yeah. On a
2: normal scale, of seven out of 10.
0: I'm glad I didn't get any tweets about that or like, or like comments like, hey, like, we're a little worried about you outside of that promised intervention that Sean and, and John threw out. Uh, no, but I, 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 like,
2: I like how you're happy no one is worried about you when you admit it on the air you have a drinking problem. No know. one cares about you.
0: That's, that's fine. I'm just saying it, it's, it's silly that these games are being treated as layups because there's no layups in the NFL. It doesn't work like that.
1: Okay, well, I hope your Giants
0: win the Super Bowl. I don't think people are treating these
3: as layups. Sean, are
0: saying, Sean and Brian are very clearly are
3: just saying that if the Cowboys are going to be missing Ezekiel Elliott, Robert Quinn, maybe Demarcus Lawrence for two games, these are the two best games on the schedule to be missing all three of those players because
0: you really should win it no matter what. I would argue that the third game against the Dolphins is actually a more winnable, more winnable three, game.
3: Yeah, thank th- so thank you. They can all miss all three games.
1: So the bottom line is, there's no rush to get these guys back.
0: I, you don't want to lose your two, e- two of your three easiest games on your schedule to start the season, they, and they won't. So they're they're fine. That's just silly. I just don't see why they're they have to go out and win these games. I, that's just not the case. We're not
2: saying they have to. Again, we're saying that these are the best games. If they're going to be without their best players. Wouldn't you rather them come against the Redskins, a team without a quarterback, the Giants, a team without a quarterback, and the Dolphins, probably a team without a quarterback? Wouldn't you just rather
0: <laughs> yes, have the sure. teams come against that? Yes, I, I'm just saying. Someone that. No one the... here is guaranteeing they're starting three
2: and zero. Well, Ryan might be, but, 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 but... I'm
1: guaranteeing you could take an all star team of the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins, <laughs> and the Cowboys would beat those teams combined seventy five to nothing. That's, That's the
0: like. dumbest thing you've ever said. It's good trolling. Well, it's against good. Against it's good trolling. Giants.
3: If the Cowboys score 20 points on offense, they're going to win the game. You know, like the Giants don't have any offense. So it doesn't even matter who's on defense for the Cowboys in week 1. Week 2 a little different and it's just three not good offenses.
0: That, that they're playing in the first three weeks. Look, no one disputes that they're bad games, but here's my issue is that if you somehow bungle this, and you're te- if you're telling me Jason Garrett can't screw this up, then I think you need to watch some more Jason Garrett games. Well, if you somehow bungle this and go conservative, and the Giants and Redskins eke out those wins, and then you beat the Dolphins, and you're 1-2 and two going to at Saints, Packers, at Jets, Eagles, you've got a problem on your hands, especially with at Giants, Vikings, at Lions, at Patriots out of the bye.
2: Yeah, well, if they can't beat... Those three teams without, you know, two or three of their best players. um will a job in week four. Well, I just – then they're not any good, and it's not worth wasting time over because then they're probably not going to win nine or eight games, and it doesn't matter. I,
3: I can't out. wait till the week three podcast when Brinson rubs it. All of this in our face because the Cowboys are 0-3. Robert Quinn's still out. Demarcus Lawrence, not, he's out for the season and Zeke's contract is still a holdout.
0: And, and they're going, and they're going, no, Zeke, at that point Zeke is like, yeah, I'm paid. Jerry, pay me now. <laughs> uh, and that, at that point they'd be going at the Saints on Sunday night football for one of those like Drew Brees passes new milestone celebration things that we do. Um, anyway, the point being is that, I don't know, a little worried about the Cowboys, a little worried about the Cowboys. Don't think it's a,
2: The nice thing about having this daily podcast that Brinson has to do every single day is it's like we have this record of, like, how his thought process changed. And, like, he's gone from, like, clowning on Dave Gettleman to, like, this is just like how he's gone crazy by being forced to talk about the NFL every single day for like an hour. <laughs> he's now suddenly talked himself into like the Giants beating the Cowboys. The man, on, the Winning man. the division. I
0: think I was on like the, a
2: nice little like diary that we're getting of Brinson. Like I, we're getting all these insights.
0: I feel like I was on the record a lot. I mean, I've been clowning Dave Gettleman all along, but I was like, I, something's my spidey sense is up about the Giants. Uh, elsewhere in, well, this is non injury news. Yes, John, go ahead. Oh, nothing. Okay. Lashawn McCoy of the Buffalo Bills has said that and by the way, this Lashawn McCoy has the potential to be the best value in like fantasy football in the history of fantasy football. He's going in like the twelfth round of leagues. Uh Lashawn McCoy says he's been told he's quote the guy. I'm the guy. I feel like that. That's what I've been told. McCoy told Chris Brown at buffalobills.com. That's my everyday approach. We're all a team and trying to help each other out to win games, compete against each other, and make each other better. Me and Frank, it's in gore, have been competing for years. we train trained in the offseason. We're always trying to beat each other. I'm excited for the challenge. No mention of Devin Singletary, which is a little interesting. Uh, buy or sell, Ryan Wilson, the idea that LaShawn McCoy will lead the Buffalo Bills in touches because, you know, you are our resident LaShawn's getting cut expert.
1: Yeah, that that was something we talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago. The next thing that was popping up in an upset New York paper that uh, CBS Sports Sean McCoy is definitely getting cut.
0: Your your neighbor brought like the local Syracuse paper over. He's like, Ryan, did you complain about about Sean McCoy?
1: Exactly. The people are picketing outside my outside my mansion. Uh, Look, man, he's thirty one. He was the second to last. He was second to last last year in advanced metrics, football outsiders metrics for value per play. Last was I think LeGarrette Blount. And I don't know if he still has it. Granted, the offense was a mess last year. So there are a lot of moving parts that need to be a lot better. It starts with Josh Allen. But there's a reason they drafted Devin Singletary. There's a reason they signed Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon. And a lot of it had to do with LeSean McCoy. And we went through his contract when we talked about it a few weeks ago. And it's he makes a lot of money for a guy who was, frankly, terrible. So, yeah, he can get better. And, and yes, he adds a lot in the passing game. And, and I think – I don't know if he's going to lead the team in touches. I feel like he's going to be a running back by committee. And also he struggles with, with staying on the field. So he's fine. I think he's worth – I think $6 million is what he's making maybe this year in this deal. I'm fine paying him that to see what you have. If you can trade him for something in return that makes you happy, go for it. But if not, roll with him. I mean you have four guys. Do you think they're keeping four guys, LaShawn, Frank, Singletary, and Yeldon?
0: Mm, no. Right. So yeah.
1: three weeks whether they really really do – LaShawn is the guy.
0: What do you think, LaShawn?
1: Lashawn <laughs> McGuff.
0: No, nah, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't want to hear your Lashawn McCoy thoughts unless you're done. Oh, oh,
2: God, I, had, I had a take lined up. No, oh, go I was just going to point out that he was terrible last year, but I think a lot of it was probably due to the offensive line being terrible. Um And according to Football Outsiders run blocking metrics, they were thirtieth in terms of run blocking, and they did upgrade on the offensive line, signing Mitch Morris away from Kansas City, drafting Cody Ford, so. I think there's a chance he'll be better just because the offense around him should be better. And I will just add, we are sleeping on the best running back on the Bills, which is Josh Allen. I think he will lead
0: the team in touches. It's just, once you use it four Well, he five. touches
3: the ball every play, Sean, so I would hope so.
0: Yeah, thanks. We got <laughs> one up. What
3: about but you? But also with yeah. LaShawn McCoy, he's regressed every year he's been in Buffalo. So you look at, uh, he got there in 2015, 2016. 1267 yards he averaged 5.4 yards per carry which is amazing that's why they traded for him 2017 that was down to 4.0 yards per carry 2018 down to 3.2 which is just what sean talked about no matter how bad that offensive line is 3.2 you know you could literally put wilson or sean out there and they could get 3.2 yards per carry maybe maybe 2.2
0: I I do think one of the things, one of the things he's He's been, he's been
3: regressing, he's been getting older, and it feels like his age is showing as much it is, uh, the Bills offensive line being bad.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. When I say fantasy football value again, I'm saying like, people just do not want to take him in drafts. I mean, like, at all. Uh, but one thing to note, like, you know, he had, he had six games last year where he had less than ten carries. Uh, which is not, not, not ideal. I and mean, he was the starter with less than 10 carries. But it was like week one, they lost 47 to three to the, the Ravens. He had seven carries. You know, week two, they lost 31 to 20 to the Chargers. It wasn't that close to the game. He had nine carries. Week three, they lose 22 nothing in Green Bay. He had five carries. Um, you know, uh, uh, you look at like week six, they lose 37 to five against the Colts. He had two carries. Um, it, it was like these games where the Bills were just so far out of it. That he, they just couldn't do anything to potentially establish the run. That's why Josh Allen was running so much because he was dropping back a ton and being forced to run. So I could at least conceive of a world where the Bills are a better football team this year with an easier schedule and LaShawn McCoy gets more carries. Um, I would, I don't know. I, I don't mind investing in one of those guys. Like, do you think Josh Allen leads
3: the team in rushing again over to LaShawn McCoy or Frank Orr? Uh,
0: no, I think that I would, Let's say I'll set the betting odds for Buffalo Bills most rushing yards at, um, I'm going to make LaShawn McCoy the favorite, but I'm going to make him, uh, two to one. Devin Singletary, three to one. And Josh Allen, five to one. Frank Gore, 10 to one.
1: Over under on the, um.
0: Well, you got to, you got to pick one of these bets. I just made the.
1: Oh, um, I'm going to go Frank Gore.
0: I know you're a DJ, but that's fine. 10 to one, Frank Gore. Okay. All right. That's a good bet.
1: But, uh, 800 yards in the leading rush on that team.
0: Over under is that uh yeah. Uh, where's my
3: where's my T.J. Yeldon odds, Brinson?
0: Oh, that's receptions. He's all receptions, I think. I mean, my last TJ, year, last year Josh Allen. Do I get those? Last year Josh Allen had. Uh, yeah, you can have twenty five to one on T.J. Yeldon. Josh <laughs> Allen had six hundred thirty one rushing yards on eighty nine attempts, seven point one yards per attempt, and led the Bills in uh in two of those three categories. So that's exciting. Moving on, Jameis Winston. This is your wheelhouse, Sean Wagner. Jameis Winston is working on checking down more. Sometimes checking the ball down is the simple decision, Winston said, according to the Tampa Bay Times. It's about moving the chains. It's about a completion here and completion there. That's how you know the game really slows down is when you're able to do that when it's just second nature. There is nothing. In my mind, it flies more in the face of who and what Jameis Winston is and who and what Bruce Arians is than the idea that this guy is out here checking down. This is a major red flag for me. How about you, Sean?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just don't buy it. It screams to me one of those training camp quotes. that They've spent all off season talking about, oh, he needs to improve his decision-making. Uh, look, we'll believe it when we see it. 58 interceptions since he entered the league in 2015. That's tied for the second most in that span. Tied with Blake Bortles, only Ryan Fitzpatrick has a higher interception percentage in that span. Um, and the one thing I'll say is this: is that Bruce Arians' offense in um, Arizona they did check it down to you know David Johnson, and that worked out well because they had David Johnson. Who is Jameis Winston going to check the ball down to in terms of running backs in Tampa Bay? Jones, who had how many yards last year?
1: Bruce Arians said to expect big things from Ronald Jones, so <laughs> okay. plan accordingly.
2: Mm. Uh, so I just I don't buy it because I don't. Like you said, it seems like if you're going to take Jameis Winston and put him in Bruce Aaron's offense, at the very least, look, he's going to throw interceptions. That's not going to stop. But at least harness that arm, arm arm of his and, you know, get the big chunk plays downfield and don't dump it off to Ronald Jones. And I'm not buying that at, at all.
3: This is basically like – sorry, right. Wilson. I was just going to say this would be like us telling Brinson to drink less craft beer and drink more Bud Light, like <laughs> – it's just not going to happen. That's, I don't even know why people are spouting it out. It's his mindset. He's been a quarterback. We saw what he's done in college. We saw what he's done in the NFL. He loves to just be a gunslinger, throw deep, and hope good things happen. Most of the time, good things don't happen. Uh, and so this is just going to have to be like rewiring his system. I just don't see it happening during one training camp with Bruce
0: Arians. Pretty depressing then that I am walking around telling people how I'm trying to drink more Bud Light. Maybe this is my like my my training camp quote. I'm like I'm trying to get in the best shape of my life, just drinking some Bud Light. It's like I'm trying to kind of had two IPAs last night. Like it's just not happening. Um, another great training camp quote: Leonard Fournette. This is ruining my potential. Uh, for, I was hoping to get him in the third round of every fantasy draft, except to settle for Marlon Mack. Leonard Fournette. The buzz is palpable out of uh, Jacksonville. Doug Marone said he's someone, it's all about his passing, his rece- receiving skills. Uh, he's someone that we can use in the pass game. And he has that skill. Doug Marone said, I said it from the beginning. People have asked me, what's the one thing about Leonard and, and- Really, Doug, it's not that he's a giant hulking man who plows through people on a routine basis. It's This is two years ago that stood out. It was his pass-catching ability. Nick Foles added, every single day he's catching balls in practice. You're always reading concepts and everything, but sometimes the matchups on the running back versus a linebacker, if you go through your progression, they cover it really well. You can check it down to a back like him, and he can make a play. So he's a special back when you give him the ball. Buy or sell, breach. Leonard Fournette, pass-catching specialist in 2019.
3: Uh, I am going to go ahead and sell, 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 sell because it, I, this is like the James Winston thing where it's just not what we've seen from him. He hasn't shown that he's been able to do it unless Nick Foles just rolled into town and and somehow used some of that big Nick energy to show Leonard Fernet Nick Foles energy. That's big Nick. Uh, it's, 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 you know, unless he's out there showing, hey, here's my two hands. This is what you need to do to catch the ball. We've just never seen this from Leonard Fournette, and it's one of those things I think is even harder. You know, Jameis Winston trying to change his mind and throw short passes, check down, at least you see that. You see your receiver, but you have balls flying at you if you're Leonard Fournette. This just changes what you're asked to do on the field, and I just don't think he's going to be able to do it. He's, I think, averaged, what, like 30 catches a year. I think we'll see him right around that number again. In his two years, he's averaged 30 catches a year.
1: Yeah, Leonard Fournette, Nick Foles, none of it's going to change the fact that this offense is going to be terrible. I mean, we say it every week. How many more wins is Nick Foles bringing to this team that was terrible last year with Blake Bortles? So I'm glad a professional football player paid to catch and run footballs can catch and run footballs. But (laughs) the dude didn't even want to show up last year.
0: Um, I I will actually buy this, Sean. I will buy – The idea that Leonard Fournette is a better – I'm going to buy and sell this at the same time. I'm going to buy the idea that Leonard Fournette is a better pass catcher than people believe and understand. He averaged 8.4 yards per catch over the course of his career. That's pretty good. Um, I'm going to sell the idea that the Jaguars are actually going to pass him the ball. though. That's the thing they haven't done. Targeted 26 times last year? What are we doing here? I mean, it averaged 2.8 receptions per game over the course of his career. Now that TJ yellen has gone, maybe it's a little bit easier. I'm not buying that Leonard Fournette has become this pass-catching behemoth on the Jaguars' offense.
2: Yeah, and similar to how we were just talking about Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston, how they're probably going to want to throw it deep, Nick Foles is also the guy who, you know, as soon as he stepped in for Carson Wentz, suddenly the vertical passing game in Philadelphia took off because Nick Foles likes going deep. So I don't really buy that he's going to suddenly want to check it down. Uh, the funny thing I find about all this is that we give the Jaguars a lot of, a lot of crap, rightfully so, for, um, taking Fournette when a lot of good players were available at the time that weren't running backs. And here they are now trying to turn Leonard Fournette into a pass catching back where if they wanted to draft a running back in 2017 and four, they could have just had a Christian McCaffrey too, which mm. still probably would have been a great decision with all those good players, um, available, but that <laughs> would have been a whole lot better than Leonard Fournette and they wouldn't have had to, Turn this, you know, big hulking, bruising running back into this nimble pass catching back when the perfect hybrid running back was sitting right there for them.
0: Speaking of great hybrid backs, Damian Williams back at camp for the Chiefs. However, Carlos Hyde still getting first team reps. Uh, I would just point out that if you're if you're if you're concerned about Damian Williams in your fantasy drafts, don't be. If like Carlos Hyde is scaring you off, if anything. Damian Williams like not getting the full heat on being healthy and uh and getting those first team reps, I think it makes him a better value. Anybody agree or disagree? I'm not I'm not I'm not drafting him as like my RB one I mean RB one though, if I can help it. Okay, great, good talk. Uh the or the Pro Bowl. Also things that people are interested in is back in Orlando in twenty twenty. I cannot believe I mean I can believe that like if you follow enough people who work for the NFL, it got tweeted a lot and I'm sure there's a story on our site about it. I mean, this is on a scale of one to 10, I could give 0.5 craps about where the Pro Bowl is.
1: The only person who cares about the Pro Bowl is Jamie Eisenberg, and he goes there and talks to players about fantasy stuff, which is helpful for him and, and, you know, the fantasy crew. But, yeah, come on, that's uh, that's the so that's senior bowl weekend for me. That's the playoff. No, the playoffs are the week before. So people are just getting ready to head to the Super Bowl. So. It's just something, yeah. I don't care about it. But, but again, more people watch it than they watch every other
0: season. No, sport. I'm not, there's a difference between caring about the Pro Bowl and not caring where the Pro Bowl is played. Like Orlando, Tampa, Jacksonville, who gives one crap? Play I don't care about Hawaii. The- they need to be but back to Hawaii, Hawaii, and then yeah. we,
3: we should all podcast from there. Spend the week in Hawaii. Then I would. The Pro care about Bowl podcast. But the if was smart, they like to the spread. They want to make this in more international games. They keep giving every other country more regular season games. Like, why not put the Pro Bowl? in an international spot each year and just keep rotating it.
0: Cabo, 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 Somebody, who's Cabo
3: Does Cabo have a football stadium, Brinson?
0: I have no idea. Zeke, Zeke Elliott's training there. That's all you need to know. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and break down five teams who will make the playoffs after missing out last season. Alright, so we did, uh, earlier in the week, we did five teams who will miss the playoffs. This is, that's a much harder list, I have to say, to create because you don't want to be pessimistic in August. And, you know, you're trying to predict regression, which I think is a little bit more difficult than picking progression. Um, I actually had a hard time paring this list down. There were nine total teams that I wanted to use, uh, and difficult to pick between, uh, three, two, Two teams actually in three different divisions, but uh, I'll start my my favorite pick. Um, my two favorite picks. Uh, we mentioned on yesterday's show with Brady Quinn and Ryan when we're talking about offenses that can break out. Uh, first of all, is the Carolina Panthers. I am actually wearing a Carolina Panthers T-shirt. Not that I'm a homer. I just like soft T-shirts. Um, but I think that if Cam Newton can play sixteen games, what we saw from them last year, six and two start. Uh, we saw that Christian McCaffrey had a really big breakout season. DJ Moore played well. The hype around Curtis Samuel right now in, in training camp is out of this world. Like the Panthers have, if you go to Panthers.com right now, it says the summer of Samuel. Um, and, uh, Greg Olson is healthy, maybe the best offensive line that Cam Newton's had so far. And I love all the work they did on the defensive front to try and get Ron Rivera some more weapons to play with. Uh, John Breach, what do you think about the Panthers as a bounce back team?
3: I really like the Panthers as a bounce-back team. I think the NFC South is going to be total chaos this year. I could see either the Falcons or the Panthers coming out of it. And the most important thing with Carolina is that Cam Newton can throw the football more than 30 yards downfield. Because if Cam Newton can't throw, the team literally has no chance. I know that half the offense is throwing short two-yard passes to Christian McCaffrey and then letting him do his little thing and, and picking up big gains. But you can't do that on every single play. You can't check down to Christian McCaffrey on every single play. You do have to have some nuance in your offense. And so the fact that Cam Newton is healthy, uh, I actually like the Panthers a lot and scaringly almost as much as Brinson. That's just been agreeing with Brinson too much lately.
1: Yeah, my only concern, the Saints, I'm assuming, are going to win the division. And then the Falcons, how good are they going to be when they're healthy? And everyone's healthy now. Everyone's healthy because it's the preseason. So are the the Panthers better than the Saints and the Falcons? Because I don't think three teams are coming out of that division for the playoffs.
0: Probably not.
1: Good talk, Sean.
2: <laughs> so, it happened two years ago, though. Um yep. That was – but what Ryan said is why I was going to say I'm kind of selling the idea of the Panthers making the playoffs. Um I feel like I'm higher on the Falcons and the Saints uh than the Panthers. The The only thing I'll say that gives me pause is that – I mean, this team was six and two at the beginning of November, and then Cam Newton hurts his shoulder, and it all goes to hell, and they finish seven and nine. But at six and two, we were talking about them as you know a fringe you know Super Bowl contender that could go on a run. And the only problem is, not only are they in a difficult division, I think there's so many NFC teams right now that you can make a case for that second and first wild card spot. I think you can make a case for three teams coming out of the South. You can make a case for three teams coming out of the North. Uh there's two teams in the East um, and there's two or three teams that you make a case for the West. And I think it's a lot more heavy and stacked than the AFC. So, well, you know, and, and it's what brief said, can he throw the ball 30 yards downfield? And this could be a lot like, I'm not going to say he's not going to miss the year. Like Andrew luck did, but that off season shoulder surgery, ever since that luck situation always gives me pause.
0: Sure. Uh Just in full disclosure, this is why I don't mind where I'm, I, I am. This is not me being a Panthers homer. Um, I am just kind of in on the Panthers from a, uh, financial perspective this year. I've taken the, the what? What'd you say?
1: And t t-shirt perspective.
0: And a t-shirt perspective. Yeah. I just get lots of Panthers swag sometimes just because I live in North Carolina. Uh, the Panthers, I think, are the best value on the board bar none when it comes to Super Bowl odds at 60 to 1 in some spots right now. If you, I mean, 60 to 1 is insane if they have a healthy Cam Newton. Um, so I would dabble in that if I were, I, I dabbled in that. I would highly recommend dabbling that. I mean, to, for comparison's sake, um, gosh, who's another 60 to one team? Like the Titans are 67 to one. I mean, who would you rather have the Titans or the Panthers, right? Uh, yeah, the Raiders. I mean, the, the Titans did
3: trash the Patriots last year. True. And the Raiders with
0: the winning record. Raiders are 75 to one. Wow. Oh my goodness. This is, oh no, this is not good. Oh no. I have some breaking podcast news. Right. Uh, we're not counting the Miami Dolphins here because the Dol- no We don't count the Dolphins. Obviously, the Dolphins are the worst team in football. Who do you think has the next worst Super Bowl odds on the board right now? Go ahead, Sean.
2: I was going to say the Bengals because when you said obviously the Dolphins are ding, the worst team in ding,
0: football, ding, I was ding, like, ding, wait ding. a minute. What about the Bengals? The Bengals are 165 to one to win the Super Bowl. Wow, <laughs> you have to put like ten dollars on that.
3: Really I'm, go- I'm literally once I saw how bad the Bengals odds were, I got online. I booked a flight to Vegas and I am going to put money on the Bengals. Maybe only like $10, nothing crazy, but you can't have that ridiculous. The Bengals aren't the dolphins and we don't need to get in a long conversation about the Bengals. But again, you mentioned the Panthers (laughs) being six and two, the Bengals got off to a hot start last year. Uh, the offense is going to be better. The team is going to be better.
0: You, you, so, honestly, you should put hundred bucks on the Bengals at, at,
1: at that number because it's like if John puts a hundred bucks on the Bengals, here's what will happen: the those, Bengals will go to the Super Bowl and
0: lose.
3: Yeah, I, w- I w- actually don't even like betting on them to win the Super Bowl. I'd rather bet on them to make the playoffs or something uh, more realistic.
0: Uh, all right. they're, Any, they're not winning the
3: Super Bowl. Anyway, my point, my, my five
1: games. What my, you bet on that?
0: My point being that I think the Panthers are a good value, and uh it's probably running out. But their over under right now is seven and a half, and it shot up to minus one ninety, which means it's probably going to eight. Seven and a half is a low number for a team that was started out six and two. I, I already took the over on that, so I would recommend uh people do that as well. Next up, uh, what, wait, what are the Redskins odds to win the Super Bowl? Yes. Um, this is my local thing. I'm looking at is uh do 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 do. Washington is 100-1, to one, and the Cardinals are 105-1. to one.
1: How are you below that team if you're the, the Bengals?
0: Yeah, almost twice as far below. Anyway, let's move along. Uh, the next team I have is the Minnesota Vikings, an easy pick for me. I am extremely high on the Vikings. Um, talked about it with their offense. I think their defense is just going to be good again. It was a top-five unit, top-ten unit last year. Uh, and, Sean, I think when you look at what they added on offense – Garrett Bradbury at center. They're going to run a zone blocking scheme that fits what Dalvin Cook does. Gary Kubiak is in town. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins learned under a Mike Shanahan scheme. Gary Kubiak also a, a Mike Shanahan disciple. And you have guys like Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith, and Stefan Diggs, all great route runners who are going to work really well as they flood the flood the field off a of play action.
2: Yeah, I, I almost think the Kubiak addition was in a way their most important all-season addition, or could be. Um, because if you look at Kirk Cousins' numbers, I was trying to look it up. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it.
0: He's, um, out, look at he's his outstanding numbers, on play action, yes.
2: And what we're kind of learning, I feel like, in the last couple of years is you can run play action even if you're not running the ball time. It still works. Yep. Um, and so if they actually hone in on that and imagine this, build an offense tailored around their quarterback strengths, then absolutely. This is a team that went into Week 17 last year with a chance to book a playoff spot. Um, they couldn't do it. So the only problem is the reason they couldn't do it is because their offensive line is terrible, and the Bears completely demolished them up front um, in both of their meetings. And that's the only concern I have because um, we were talking about this when you were a couple of days ago when you picked the Bears to miss the playoffs, and I was just like, I don't know how the Vikings beat the Bears twice or even once because I still don't know how they match up up front with them. And so that's going to be the biggest problem. Can Kirk Cousins win in the big moment? But again, if they're running play action all the time, I don't think it's you know just a mental problem. I think when he goes up against better teams, um, his weaknesses are exploited more. So if you build an offense designed around his strengths, he should have a better you know chance to beat those good teams. But can they protect them? And that's the part that remains to be seen.
0: Worth noting, really quickly, Cousins has, uh, last year, this I found it real quick, the league's best completion percentage, 77.1, and fourth best passer rating, 116.1 on play action throws. Uh, he has only finished, this is according to zonecoverage.com, out of the top five in play action passer rating once in his career. Um and he actually pointed out, he said, our analytics department sent me a really good summary a couple of weeks ago that just showed that play action is just effective, period. And you gotta call it more. So I think we'll see that. Um, we're gonna move along to a different team, if that's alright with you. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Steelers and the Browns, both of whom I picked, two teams, both of whom I picked in the AFC North to make the playoffs. Um, Ryan, you know my affinity for the Steelers. I bet on Big Ben to win the MVP. Got founded at 36 and a half to one. Also took Kirk Cousins at 47 to one to win the MVP. Um, I think the Steelers are going to have a huge year. I'm half tempted to pick them to win the Super Bowl or to come out of the AFC. Uh, and I just couldn't get far enough away from the Browns' bandwagon here. Am I crazy to have both of those teams back in the playoffs?
1: We talk about the Browns every week. My concern with the Browns is how do they rebound from controversy? I mean, if they start slow. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I meant to ask Brady this yesterday, but I wonder what his reaction was to Baker Mayfield shotgun in a beer at the Indians game. I mean – it's fine, but it, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm hesitant to, to get them full, fully on that bandwagon. Are we at all concerned about, um, uh, Wiley's comments that the former assistant coach who was whinging about Freddie Kitchens being a clown and, um, who was calling all the plays that, that apparently was the reason that Kitchens was successful? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not sold on the, I love them on paper. I just don't know what they're going to do. They haven't won, they've had a winning season since 07. Before that, it
0: was, Oh, two. Yeah. Been a while. Sean Sean was seven years old. (laughs) Breach. Uh, What do you think about these, uh, these two teams in the AFC North?
3: I don't think that the AFC North is going to send two teams to the playoffs. So I think you're going uh, at best 50% here. And uh, I'm going to get on Wilson's bandwagon. I think if one of these two teams were to not get in, it would be the Browns. I just think the Browns are so Hyped up. There's no way they can live up to the hype right now. This is like, you know, we see we saw what Tony Wiley said over the weekend, which Ryan just mentioned. So we don't know what Freddie Kitchens can do. And we have talked about this summer how if the Browns jump out of the gate, 0 and 2, they play the Titans in week one. It's not that crazy to see this happening. Then what happens? The sky start falling in Cleveland. All of a sudden, Freddie Kitchens is on the hot seat, even though he's been a coach for two weeks. So there's a lot of pressure on this team. Whereas the Steelers are just kind of, uh, lost in the Browns hype. The Steelers probably love what's going on right now. They're not, there's not a lot of drama surrounding them. None of their players had a cryotherapy incident. So <laughs> everyone in Pittsburgh is just totally happy right now. Uh, so yeah, man, I totally agree with the Steelers here.
0: Uh, alright, excellent. And, uh, finally, the last team I added on. We've mentioned him already when talking about LaShawn McCoy, the Buffalo Bills. I was picking between the Bills and the Jets. Ryan, roll your eyes. If you're rolling your eyes, tell me why you're rolling your eyes. I like the Bills to make the playoffs. One of those two teams in the AFC East is sneaking in, and then everybody and their brother is going to pick that team to up in the Patriots next year.
1: So you like the Bills better than the, the Ravens, better than the Texans, presumably, and um, my dark horse team, the Broncos. Oh, so- but
3: also, if you have the Bills... In there, plus two AFC North teams. That mean you think the Chargers or Chiefs are missing the playoffs? Oh.
2: <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, need, to we hear, I need to hear the math we here. We needed a gif of that Brinson reaction.
0: Uh. <laughs> um, I do think the Chiefs can miss the. I do think the Chargers <laughs> Chiefs can. Miss Shut playoffs. up! You just said the Chiefs could miss the playoffs. I think the Chargers or Chiefs can miss the playoffs. Go nine seven and miss the playoffs. Sure, the schedules Dude. are really tough. The schedules are tough. They can, he's thinking
2: the Chiefs to miss the playoffs. So you can just tell by the way he's been having these playoff discussions.
0: <laughs> um,
2: he's not taking the Chargers to miss the playoffs. Obviously like that's not. happening.
0: I was Miami. not, I was not thrilled to see, uh, Bill Bar, uh, friend of the program, Bill Barnwell's, uh, you know, he does the regression, progression teams. Not, it's not necessarily make, make or miss the playoffs. It's just teams that are going to take a step forward or teams that are going to take a step back. And he, he had the Chargers on teams that could take a step back. So, uh.
2: Did not have the Bears on that list. If
0: like, I know. I was surprised by that. He only had, yeah. he only had four. I don't know why he didn't have the Bears. Maybe it was, a, uh, don't know. I, you know, the goal is like finding teams to take two or three wins back. Like he had the Saints, it was like, I think they'll go 10 and 6 and make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll go 13 and 3. Um, look. I think the Bills
1: will be much better, I think the Jets will be much better, and neither team is making the playoffs.
0: Okay. Uh, I, 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 I'm fine not saying three teams from the North will make the playoffs. That, that's hard to do, man. Cause that means like, you're, that means that division is, evenly beating up on each other and just slaughtering everybody else out there. And I, I just don't know that that's necessarily going to happen with the Ravens. Um, I might bail on the Browns. Maybe I bail on the Browns to go with some somebody else, or maybe the 49ers. I don't know that I did a great job of adding up my make-and-miss teams here. Um, teams that were just off the edge, by the way, Falcons, 49ers, Packers, and Jets. I'm not taking the Packers. I'm not falling for the bait, LeFleur. I'm Hi. not I'm not here, Mr. Flower. Ain't happening. You see, Prisco's
2: once again picking the – packers the there is a a bears blogger who was like getting kind of frustrated with that and he like went back and looked every
0: every year Super- since 2015 yes every single year. he picks the packers against the patriots every single year and he's like so he it jags last year ah, that's right yeah that's right um any any thoughts uh from you guys on a team that might work that uh that i that i didn't have on that list and look i i threw the the bills were a last second edition i don't feel great about it but the hype is cooled down in the bills so I don't mind it as much.
1: I had the pa- I made a list quickly. I had the Packers on there and I also had my dark horse candidate, the the Broncos, because Joe Flacco is going to be amazing. It's
0: just hilarious that you've taken the Broncos from me, by
1: the way. You've brainwashed me into loving Joe Flacco, who is going to be absolutely terrible. So, Sean, See, this
0: is what Sean, happens when you have to listen
2: to Brinson for like right. three days a week. It's
0: like it's, like, uh, it's a audio Stockholm Syndrome, basically. Uh, I can't imagine what real podcast listeners are like. Uh, Sean has a list, and it's just Broncos five times. That's how often he's been. Anybody else breach? Maybe the Bengals. Uh,
3: I have one dark horse that you didn't mention. I like the Tennessee Titans. Oh, yeah. Nine and seven last year. I said earlier they thrashed the Patriots during the regular season. They've been right on the cusp of the postseason, uh, and they, they made it two years ago, so or three years ago, whatever year they came back and beat the Chiefs, and Marcus Mariota threw a touchdown pass to himself. But. Point is, I like the Titans. I think they can get at least a wild card out of the AFC South. So I am – it's not just because I live in Nashville, guys. I'm not just jumping on the Titans bandwagon because I'll get beat up if I don't. But I like the Titans. I, Matt, I, I
0: like my coach of the year, Matt Patricia. <laughs> Ryan's Ryan's like being held at – Ryan, blink twice if Matt Patricia's in your house and he's kidnapped you and you're holding your family hostage. Uh, All right, that'll do it for us today. Great show. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of the preseason games as well as some breakout defenses. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, review, follow these guys on Twitter. Thanks, boys.